Welcome to today's podcast with Bishop Wale Ajayi. Acts chapter 8, quickly. Somebody say amen. We just concluded a series of teachings some weeks ago on what will you have me to do. Uh, if you can go to our, web, our online platforms, you can download the material. It will be a blessing to you. What shall, what would you have me to do? We based on what, when Paul had an encounter, or Saul had an encounter with the Lord, uh, he asked the Lord, what would you have me to do? And I, I said that, that that's the right question when you meet the Lord because whatever, the, whatever you need from the Lord has been given to you already. When you put your faith in Jesus, whatever the Lord needs to do for you has been done for you already. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Uh, Whatever the Lord needs to do for you has been done for you. Is that correct? The Bible lets us know in Ephesians 1, it says, Blessed be God and Father who? Our Lord Jesus Christ, who is going to bless us or who has blessed us? And what has he blessed us with? All, all spiritual blessings where in heavenly places in christ so we see from scripture that by faith in jesus we have already been blessed he's not going to bless he has blessed does that make sense to anybody when you go further down in that scripture you will see things like well uh, let's see verse six for example show me verse six one of the blessings one of the spiritual blessings we have to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us what accepted in the beloved accepted in the beloved the, the word there is engraced with grace engraced with grace and that phrase accepted in the beloved is only used twice in scripture the first time it is used is when the angel told Mary you are highly favored you are highly favored think of the favor Mary walked in that Mary would carry God in her I mean, what privilege is that? What, what can be more than that? That you, a, a woman, would, God will enter inside a woman. To be born by a woman. I mean, that's privilege. That's high favor. Now, the Bible says, you and I who have put faith in Jesus, have the same kind of favor. You don't sow seeds to get this one. You don't provoke it. You don't activate it. It's yours. You know what I just said? So, and, and, and some of us begin to remove from our vocabulary all these languages that we brought in. Provoke, activate. Uh, I don't know how we got it, but we use those words a lot these days. Yes, do you do God has done it? We have to provoke. Do. You provoke by saying amen. You know, you know what I just said? That's the next thing I want to say. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. Look at it. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, look at it. For how many? Look at it again, how many? All the promises of God in who? Him, who is him? Christ. Are what? And in him what? To, unto the glory of God by us. So let's look at it from the um, NLT so we can see simpler English. NLT, look at NLT. For all the promises, for all of God's promises, have been what? 
Fulfilled in Christ. What does that mean? Fulfilled means they are operational. You must learn that language. The promises of God are what? Operational. What does operational mean? Huh? It's already working. It's already operational. It's already operational. All the promises of God in Christ, as many as they are in Christ, are fulfilled, operational. Next, look at the next thing he said. Huh? Go back 20, please. Fulfilled in Christ with what? A resounding yes. And through Christ, what do we say? Our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for what? So we're not saying amen so it can happen. We're not saying amen so it can be. We're saying amen because it is, and our amen ascends to God to give him glory. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So the first thing I showed you is this. All that needs to be done for you has been done. Number one, all the promises, all the spiritual blessings of God are yours. Number two, all the promises of God are already operational in your life. You see how Peter combines both in 2 Peter 1 verse 3. See how Peter combines it. 2 Peter 1 verse 3 and 4. Look at scripture. What does it say? According as what? His divine power is going to give us. What has he done? Have given, have given unto us all things that what? Pertain to life and to godliness. All right? Through the knowledge of him that what? That called us to glory and virtue. All right? Whereby are given to us what? Exceeding great and precious promises that by these promises you might be what? Partakers of the divine nature having escaped corruption in the world through lust. So we say Peter combining both here, telling us that oh, all things have been given to us that pertain to life and godliness and he has given to us all the promises. Child of God, you must know that. Say all God's promises are operational in my life. So, so the question now for the believer in Christ really should not be, God, what are you going to do for me? Because what needs to be done for you has been done. The, the, your preoccupation now is, Lord, what would you have me to do? Somebody say amen. amen. Look, look at another scripture, Romans 8.32. Romans 8.32. What did the Bible say? He that spared not who? His own son, but what did he do? Delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him give us how many things? Freely. Freely. Operative word. Look at it from the NIV. NIV. New International Version. Let's read together. One to go. He who did not spare his own son, but what did he do? Give him up for us all. How will he not also? Along with him. Follow come. Huh? Say follow come. You know what follow come is? What did he follow come? He follow and come. If you buy this one, this one follow and come. Now so. So he said when he, when he gave us Jesus, along with Jesus, along with Jesus, graciously gave us how many things? All things. Freely. 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 Alright? You see that in First Peter, First Corinthians 2 and verse 12. Look at it. First Corinthians 2 and verse 12. What did the Bible say? 
We have not received. We have what we have received. Oh, you're confusing me. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but what? Which is of God that we might know. You see that? What? The things that are freely given to us of God. Somebody say amen. So, not only has God given us all things, but he also gave us his spirit to alert us. You know what I just said? So, it's like credit alert. Credit alert credit alert is not when the money was paid. They paid the money to your account, and then the credit alert system alerts you that so, so much money has been paid to your account. So, God doesn't only put the money into our account, he gives us an alert. You know what I just said? Two things. He just only he only paid the money to you know in those days before a lot came. You can have money and you want to know the money is there. But so now thank you for a lot system. Now the money is in, you get a lot in your phone, then you know the money is there. You cannot behave like someone who has the money there. Does that make sense to anybody now? So God does not only give us all things freely, He now gives us His Spirit to put it in our consciousness. That we have all things. Come and say all things are mine. So it's yours already. I have all the favor I need. I have all the favor I need. I have all the favor I need. I'm redeemed. Washed by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. In him we have redemption. Even through his blood we have the forgiveness of sins. The Holy Ghost makes me know these things. He reminds me of these things. Hallelujah. He says in verse 9, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard. That's the end of the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Verse 10 says, but he revealed them to us by his spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. Glory to God. So now having said all of that, let's go into the word. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. All right. Are you ready now? Are you ready? So let's begin now. And Saul was consenting to his death at that time, as consenting to the death of Stephen. There was a great, at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and where? Samaria, except the apostles. Next verse. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. Keep going. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hauling men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, they that were what? Scattered abroad. Huh? Went where? Where did they go? Everywhere. Doing what? Preaching the word. Preaching the word. Verse 5. An example of one of those who was scattered is who? Philip. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria. And what did he do? He preached Christ to them. So Philip preached the, they preached the word in verse 4. And verse 5 we see Philip preaching who? Christ. What is the word there for? Christ. The word is not just a Bible lesson. The word is not just Bible history. The word is Christ. Look at someone beside you and say, the word is Christ. Yeah. 
When you are preaching the word, it means you must be preaching Christ. You must be preaching Christ. This is very important for us. If you must be, if we are going to evangelize the world and harvest the world, we will not harvest the world by theories or by concepts or teaching them what they know better than us. said. We will not harvest the world by wealth creation teaching. Why is the whole quiet? Do you teach wealth creation? I said, we will not harvest the world by health talk. By charity walk. Only by the gospel. Only by the gospel. Only by the gospel. So it says that Philip went to Samaria and preached Christ. And preach Christ. Now, let me draw your attention to something. And I will come back up there. Look at verse... Um, 12. Look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. But when they believed Philip, preaching what? The things concerning the kingdom of God. And the name of who? Jesus Christ. So see something there. I see some of us or people who say, oh, I preach the kingdom of God. What I preach is, I'm a kingdom preacher. I preach kingdom. You, you people preach grace. We have the kingdom. No, no, no. The word, Christ, the kingdom, is one subject. Christ. Let me show that to you again in, in, in Acts 20. Go to Acts 20. 24 to 27. Let's look at it again. Acts 20, 24 to 27. So, you preach Christ, you preach the word, you preach the kingdom, it's all Christ. All Christ. Look at this. This is Paul speaking now, but none of these things move me, that I count on my life dear to my self, that I might what? Finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of who? The Lord Jesus to do what? To testify the gospel of the grace of God. Listen, you must not be ashamed to be tagged a grace preacher. Salvation can only come by grace. Holiness can only be accomplished by grace. So don't be ashamed to say, oh, grace preacher. I am an unapologetic. I'm not ashamed. That's what Paul means by I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it's not a popular language. Paul says, I'm a preacher of the gospel of what? The grace of God. Look at what it says. Next, go to verse 25. Next verse. Now behold, among you all, see my face, I've gone preaching what now? So you see what he calls the gospel of the grace of God is also what is called the kingdom of God. So when you say you're a kingdom preacher, you must be a grace preacher. Now see what it says in verse 27. Go to verse 27. Go to verse 26, okay? Go back to 26 first, then 27. Wherefore I take to you the record is there, I'm pure from the blood of all, blood of all men. 27, see this? For I have not shown to do what? Declare to you what? All the counsel of God. So you see, grace is not one of the counsels. It's all the counsel of God. You know what I just said? The message of the grace of God is not one of the counsels of God. It is the counsel of God. It is the doctrine of God. First, um, um, uh, 
Titus 2 verse 10. Look at Titus 2 verse 10. See what Paul taught us. Titus 2 verse 10. He says, not purloining. Now go to verse 9. He's teaching servants how to steal. He's talking about the relationship with masters and servants. Be, believer, believer servants. Servants who are believers, who are slaves. He's one in them. He says, exhort servants to be what? To their own masters and to please them well in how many things? All things not answering again. Not talking back or talking to your master. Verse 10. Not purloining, not pilfering, stealing. Show me in NLT so you can see what that word means. That's a big word. Or steal. So servants should not steal. Believers, servants should not steal from their master. It's not scriptural. Huh? Right, go back to the King James now. Alright? But showing all good what? Fidelity that they may adorn what? The doctrine of God our Savior. In how many things? Look at the next verse. For. That for is important there. When you understand English, for is, is connecting the two together. For the grace of God that bringeth what? So the doctrine of God is the grace of God. You know what I just said? Look at, show me in NLT. Look and see that. Go back to verse 10, NLT. Or silver, but show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. Then they will make the teaching about God our Savior, what? Attractive in every way. Look at the next verse. For the grace of God has been revealed. Bringing salvation to how many people? Oh, look at verse 11. Verse, verse 12. And we're instructed now to turn from godless living and sinful lives. Show me the 10 and King James, please. Teaching us that what? So even that grace that has come to us to save us from sin is the same grace that equips us and teaches us to live right in this world. So what else will you be preaching? But the grace of God. Come and say, I'm the preacher of the grace of God. Somebody say, amen. amen. Now, so back to what I was showing. Go back to Acts 8. Go back to Acts 8. Now, all that was important for where we're going. Are you in Acts 8? So the Bible says, and they went everywhere, scattered abroad, everywhere, preaching the word. What were they preaching? What, what, what is the word? Christ. Christ. So, we see clearly from here that the church or the message of the gospel spread with believers. Not necessarily with titled men. Look at this scripture. The Bible says the apostles stayed back in Jerusalem. But with ordinary believers, the message spread. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? We are trying to make us see that as believers in Christ, we have we have a responsibility and duty under God for the spread of this message. The theme of the conference is not apostles in action or pastors in action. It's believers. This ministry is about the believer. About the believer. That every believer in Christ Jesus has work to do. This work was spread not by the apostles at this point, but by the believers who were scattered abroad. Somebody say amen. amen. This work is everybody's work. To spread the message of the grace of God. Somebody say hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Watch this now. So they went up now. I've said this in church before. That you see. The writer of the book of Acts. 
is Luke. Remember that? Now, the reason why we see Paul prominent in the book of Acts is because Luke was an associate of Paul. There were many other things that happened with other apostles and disciples that we have no record of. Because Luke was not their associate. You know what I just said? For example, when Barnabas and Paul quarreled, and Barnabas went his way, and Paul went his way. How many of you know that was the end of the ministry of Barnabas? <laughs> In the book of Acts. I hope you know that was not the end of his ministry, but that was the end of the record that we have according to Luke. But you and I know Barnabas continue working. Because the work that the prophecy came and said, separate me, separate unto me, Saul and Barnabas, for the work I have called them. So them were called. Not be say they call Saul, Barnabas can't follow Saul. No. Am I making sense to anybody here? So when they quarreled, Luke followed Saul. But Barnabas' work continued. But without any record of that, is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So we see how the church was spread by believers. The gospel spread by believers. And that's what this meeting is for. That we, even pastors, you go back to your churches and push this thing to your people. This work is done by everyone. If we're going to harvest the world for Jesus, it's not one person's work. We must not shut out the young people. We must not shut out the women. We must not shut out the men. We must not shut out the people that don't have titles. Everybody must get involved. Come and say everybody. We just, we just read the scripture where Pastor Charles read. He says, God set up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the spirit of Joshua, and the remnant of the people. Let's say Acts 11. Acts 11. Are you in Acts 11? Look at verse 19. He said, Now they which were scattered abroad. Now, so it's like continuing the story again from Acts 11, which are scattered abroad upon the persecution that rose about Stephen, traveled where? As far as Phoenix and where? Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none. But who? To Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they came to Antioch, spoke unto who? The Grecians or the Greeks. Preaching what? So you see again, what is the word? The Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus. So we need to get this right. When we say we are preaching the word, and in your whole word, it's not centered on Christ and the Lord Jesus. Really, you really haven't preached the word. You have told us a history lesson. You have, at best, you have told us a history class. You have told us what happened to Jeremiah and Elijah. But you see, you see, what saves people is Christ. Jesus, in John chapter 5, the Bible says, in John chapter 5, 39, it says, search you, you search the scriptures. Thinking in the scriptures, you have eternal life. But the scriptures testify of me. And it then says, you will not come to me that you might find life. So the scriptures in itself don't give life. They point you to Christ who now gives you life. So Jeremiah can't give you life. Jeremiah points you to Christ 
who now gives you life by your faith in Christ. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Well, I've that a second time. All right. So they went everywhere preaching. Uh, you know what the Bible says in verse chapter uh, 11? Are you there? Huh? It says, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed, and what? Turned to the Lord. So we see how the church spread by the preaching of the disciples. By the preaching of the disciples. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, what were they preaching? Christ, right? So it's important that to be able to preach Christ, you must understand Christ. You must have the revelation of who? Christ. This thing is a revelation. It's revelation. You know, sometimes you can just teach it because some, you had somebody teach it. But until you have it as a revelation, you will not be convinced about it. I, I see some people joining into, jumping into the bandwagon thing. Now this, now this one I need to read now. So they jump in. After a while, they come back. You start hearing the old things they were saying before. <laughs> because they simply were saying it because somebody said it. But when you get it by yourself, you told me something. I'll, I'll use as an example. Stand up. This apostle Alex has been following me for a while. He confessed to me two months, uh, uh, about two months ago. He said, I've been following you and I say it. See, but somewhere, uh, <laughs> he never entered where we <laughs> So I danced away. See, but about some months back, it became your understanding. It stopped being what Bishop Wadley says to what Apostle Alex says. That's what, what we want to get to in this conference. That you move from what they say to what you now know. It's your conviction that this message of what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection is sufficient. You will not, need, you will not be attracted to what somebody else is saying because of some seeming results he claims to have. Or some personal title he has given himself, which is not in the five-fold ministry gifts. <laughs> now, Nigeria, we did now. Yes, People now give themselves some titles that don't exist in, this, in the New Testament. Yes, they go to Old Testament and dig out one thing that is mysterious. Now call themselves. People say, ah, this guy. Well done. <laughs> Today, this whole conference, one about titles, we're about the believer about the believer. And on the last day of this conference, like we do every time, we're going to have a believers meeting. Where believers will minister to believers. Am I making sense to you? Where believers will minister to believers in the word of knowledge, in the gift of prophecy, in healings. In healings. In healings. Somebody say, yeah, man. Is it about me? It's about the believer. It's about the believer. You will see during the course of this conference, as we teach, that the believer in Christ has the same OS as Christ's house. What's OS? Operating system. I, I didn't say I didn't say it did, I said the same operating system. 
that is in Christ, the same one is in the believer. It's called eternal life. We, we don't look the same on the outward, but we're the same on the inside. And one day, we'll look the same on the outward. But when we see him, we shall be changed. We shall look just like him. Somebody say amen. amen. But now, but now, now, John says, now are we the sons of God? Now. Come and say, I have. The same operating system as Christ. Therefore, I can function like Christ. Love like Christ. Heal like Christ. Bless like Christ. Everything like him. So, so we must come to revelation knowledge. And that's what this conference is about. When Craig is teaching, others are teaching, let your heart be open to let this thing come into your heart by revelation knowledge. As we pray, you will ask God for revelation knowledge. I want to know it. I want to know it. Let it drive me. You know, people, people want to, sometimes they say, oh, Miracle Center is evangelism. It's evangelism they are doing. So they start to do evangelism. After a while. Now, wow. The steam is off. Oh, Pedagogy Center, is this? No, you see, at this point, it's not just something that we are doing for church attendance. No. No. Actually, we don't evangelize for church attendance. We don't. We evangelize because we understand it's our work. This gospel must be preached. It must be. It must be. When we started doing these kind of things, we're not doing this much. Now we are this much, we still do, we're doing it more. On the streets, preaching the gospel. Somebody say amen. amen. So it, it's important for you to understand Christ. Let's see some things. Gal- Galatians 1. No, before you do Galatians 1, Acts 22 from verse 12. Let's see Paul. Acts 22 from verse 12. And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, watch this, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came to me and stood. That is Paul giving his own account of what happened. Acts 9 is Luke's account, I think. But here is, what do you call that thing? Biography and autobiography. Biography, the one with the right for you. Also, now what you write by yourself. Thank you. Acts 9 is biography. Acts 22 is what? Autobiography. Which one is what? Which one you going to believe first? Autobiography. So, Paul is giving an account of what actually happened. So, Acts chapter 12, 22 again, from verse 12. Came to me and stood, okay? Verse 13 now, quickly. Came to my student and said, Brother Saul, receive what? Thy sight. And the same hour I looked upon him, verse 14. And he said, The God of our fathers has what? Chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will. Watch it. And see the just one, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. Next verse. For thou shalt be his witness unto how many men? All men. Of what thou hast seen and heard. Next verse. Okay, 15. Go on. Let me show you something that will make you laugh. Go to verse 16. 
Go to verse 16. And now, why carriers thou arise? Be baptized. And what? Is that the gospel? Is that the gospel? Arise. Be baptized. Wash away thy sins. Does baptism wash away our sins? But you see something. Upon this guy's ignorance of the gospel, he still open blind eye. Miracles does not authenticate your message. You know what I just said? Doing miracles does not authenticate what you are doing. God does miracles for he loves people. Huh? Yes, it's an attestation to the gospel, but he loves people. He's a good father. His, repent, his healing, his goodness leads to repentance. So don't say because the man did do miracle, he message correct. You know what I just said? And then I say, wash away your sins by baptism. Is that, is, that, is that what the gospel is? No. Let's see what the gospel is. Now go back to that scripture. It says to, to verse 15 please. For, go to 14 again. To see the just one, to know his will, see the just one, hear his voice of his mouth, huh? that thou, verse 15, should be a witness unto all men of what you have seen and what? Heard. What did he tell Paul? When, so when Jesus now came to Paul, what did he tell him? What did he reveal to him? What did he communicate to Paul? If he said that he came to you, you, you would know his will, you will see him, and he will speak to you. What did Jesus tell Paul? This thing is what Paul calls later in his epistles, the revelation of Jesus Christ. What exactly did Jesus tell Paul? Let's see Galatians 1 from verse 11. Galatians 1 from verse 11. Watch this. But I certify, brethren, that what? The gospel which was preached of me is not after man. Next verse. For neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by what? Now I see clearly. He said, you would see the just one, you would know his will, and hear words of his mouth. And you would be my witness. So Paul is not giving us information of what he heard. He said, this gospel I preach was not taught me by man, but by what? The revelation of who? Jesus Christ. Look at the next thing he said. Keep going. Huh? Go back to verse 12. Alright? Verse 13 now. For you have heard of my conversation, my conduct, my behavior in time past in the Jews' religion, how beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. Verse 14. And profited in the Jews' religion above what? Many of my equals and in my own nation being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. Look at verse 15. But when it pleased God, who did what? From my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Say he called us. By his grace. Look at me. Ministry is not earned. Nobody earns ministry. Ministry is always by the grace of God. Ministry is always by the mercy of God. There's no, there's no, there's no activity you will do that God will not say in response to your, how active you are in prayer band, they will not call you. It's not your activity, how active you are in choir. That ministry is not a reward for how active you are in choir. Many people have started churches based on how active they were in a group 
I'm thinking that activity in the group translates to ministry. So the senior pastor now ordains them because of the activity in that group. And somehow they become, they say they are now pastors. And they are smiting people, <laughs> killing people. I'm not making sense to anybody here. Look at what Paul says. Paul says, by his grace. In other words, there's nothing of me. It's all about him. By the way, I was on my way to keep people. You get what I just said? I was on my way to kill people when he called me to preach this message. He didn't call me from choir or from drama team or prayer band. He called me on my way to kill people, kill his own people. He didn't call me in a mountain. I was on my way to kill his people. Then he called. Paul said, I am, if I am, this is by the grace of God. In 1 Timothy 1 what did Paul say? He said, This is a true saying, worthy of all acceptation, that Christ came to save sinners, of which I am chief. Verse 16. Show me verse 16. Show me verse 16 quickly. How big for this cause I obtained mercy. I was saying to our church, the qualification, the qualification. For the pre- to be a preacher of the gospel is that you have obtained mercy and received grace. Grace. Back to my scripture. Back to my scripture. Um, Galatians 1. Huh? By his grace, verse 16, watch it. To do what now? To reveal his son in me. That I might preach him among the hidden immediately I confess not with what? Flesh and blood. So see the sequence. He called me by his grace. Then he revealed his son in me. Then I go preach him. What is calling reveal his son in me? What is said to in Acts? To, hear, to know his will, to see the just one, and to hear the voice of his mouth. What did he tell him? When he said he revealed his son in me, what exactly did he tell him? We have seen it's, it's, it's the gospel. What is the gospel? Let's see that again. Go to Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. Oh, from verse 1. Please pay attention to this. Say, for this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. Next verse. If you have heard of what? The dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me to you, what? Dispensation means I am a dispenser. I am what? Just the way you have water dispenser. Paul said, I am a dispenser of the grace of God. Huh? How that by what? That's what is coming up again. Revelation, he made known to me the mystery as I wrote before in few words. Keep going. Whereby when you read, you may what? Understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Now, this is important. It means that if you're going to understand the gospel, you must give full attention to the epistles of Paul. You must spend more time grasping the epistles of Paul. So when people come to me and say they want to be mentored, ministry, I say go and start from Romans. Start from there. Read Romans till you are tired. Read it through and through. Go to all the epistles, Ephesians, Colossians. Be a master of the epistles of Paul. Master it first. 
Am I making sense to anybody here? Master it. Read it. Read it through and through from different versions. Read it. When you grasp it, the Bible opens up. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John opens up. The Old Testament opens up. If you don't do that, you will cause confusion. You will cause confusion. I'm not making sense to anybody here. So Paul says, when you read what he showed me, you will understand my mis- the mystery I've received. Next verse. Quickly. Which under ages was not made known to the sons of men, and is now revealed to what? And prophets by who? So Paul is saying, oh, you can also read Peter's epistles, John's epistles, James' epistles. And if you read through, you will see that there's no confusion. For example, when Paul says, um, I'm, I'm righteous with our works, Paul meant the works of the law. When James says, oh, show me your faith by your works, he didn't mean works of the law. He meant the works of love, which Paul already said, by your, when I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love for all the saints. So Paul never spoke of faith in Christ without love for the saints. And that's the works that James was referring to. Love for the saints. Not works of the law. So you see, there's no confusion. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? I saw something on Facebook one day. One brother put up how that people should be careful with the Pauline, Pauline teaching. One other guy now that his mouth. He said, I wish they would do James' line before they do Pauline. I said, why do people like to display ignorance? Why? Why must you talk? Just like the post and leave there. The one that's funny, the one that makes me laugh is when somebody puts up a word, something. The one that says, oh, that was the word the Lord just gave me. <laughs> Can you just like it and leave there? Say, it's true, that's the word I just received. No, we, didn't, we don't want to die. <laughs> just like it and get out of there. Somebody say amen. Oh, glory to God. So, Paul is giving us clarity. He said, listen, let's, let's keep going. Go back. Alright, verse 6 now. That the Gentiles should be what? Of the same body, partakers of his promise in Christ by what? The gospel. Next verse. Whereof I made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God. Again, grace of grace of God. Give it to me by the effectual working of my power. Say his ministry. His grace, his power, yeah, is his ministry. And it's, he called me by his grace. And what makes me do the work effectively is not my power, but his power. I don't purchase power for his work. He gives me power for his work. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Keep reading. Let's keep going. Unto me who am less than the least of all the saints is what given? Paul, Paul is so about the grace of God that I should preach among who? The Gentile. What am I preaching? The unsearchable riches of Christ. How did Paul come into this? He came into it by what? Revelation. Someone say revelation. Alright? Now, what did he tell Paul? What did he really tell Paul? Go to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. What exactly did Paul, what did, did, did he tell Paul? He said, moreover, brethren, I declare to you what? The gospel which I what? Preach to you which also you have what? And wherein you stand. Next verse. 
by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have what? Believed in vain. Next verse. For I deliver to you, first of all, that which I what? So, how did he receive it? By, by who? Revelation. Of who? Jesus. So, we are seeing clearly now what Jesus taught Paul. What did he teach him? Watch it now. I received it. How that what? Christ. Now, remember he said, this thing I'm teaching you, no man taught me. Remember that? So, we're not saying that Jesus taught Paul. What did he teach him? Show me. How that Christ died for what? According to the... So, it means when Jesus showed up with Paul, he didn't tell him the history. You know, Paul was not there when Jesus was alive. He wasn't there with him when he healed Ben Bartimaeus. He wasn't there with him when he commanded cripples to walk. I hope you know that. Paul was not a number of the twelve. So what we're seeing here is that when Jesus showed up to Paul, he didn't tell him all that history. What he taught him was how he died for sins, how he was buried, how he was. And he taught him from scriptures. You know what I just said? He didn't just tell him, I died. I was buried. No, he taught him from where? You say, how do you know? He has done it before. Luke 24. Remember? Luke, let's see Luke 24. He has done it before. Luke 24 from verse, um, uh, let's start from verse 27. Oh, glory to Jesus. I want you to see something that's important. Look at verse 27 now. Luke 24, 27 quickly. Oh, oh, oh. And beginning at where? Moses. Who is Moses? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And all the prophets, major and minor, right? Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all of them. He expounded to them in all the scriptures. The things concerning himself. What things? What things? Go up a bit. 25. Then he said to them, O fools, slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Dot, dot. What did they speak? Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? What is the suffering? What is the glory? His death, his burial, his resurrection. So Jesus, with scripture, taught these guys. Let me make it sense to you. And when it came to Paul, with scriptures too, he taught Paul. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So what Jesus taught Paul, which is what we call the gospel, is not the history of Jesus Christ. Now catch this. As good as the miracles of Jesus are, they cannot save a soul. How Jesus fed 5,000 is a good story to tell. But he cannot save a soul. That's not what Jesus taught Paul. 
What he taught Paul was that he died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again according to scriptures. It's that message that brings salvation to man. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? And that's what this is about. This conference is about that message. Paul writes to the Corinthians. He says, I want to remind you again of what I told you. How Christ died for our sins. How he was buried. How he rose again. How he was seen. Somebody say amen. Amen. So, it's the understanding of this message that will push us to reap the harvest that God has called us for. Somebody say hallelujah. We see the same thing in 1 Peter 1. Go to 1 Peter 1. Go to 1 Peter 1. Go to verse 10 quickly. Go to verse 10. Now, I like this a lot. Of which salvation the prophets have what? Inquired and searched how? Who prophesied of what? I didn't hear you. What did they prophesy about? One more time, say it loud. The grace. So you see that grace did not start with us. Grace, the message of the grace of God, did start with us. It was prophesied about. Even before Jesus came, it was prophesied about. By the way, it was even given before the world was created. Second Timothy 1. Some of you are looking at me like that. Second Timothy 1. Let's go there. We'll come back here. Second Timothy 1, verse 8 and 9. Second Timothy 1, verse 8 and 9. It says, go to verse 9. Let's keep to verse 9. Stay with verse 8. I like verse 8. Be not thou therefore ashamed of, of what? The testament of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou one. A partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to what? Verse 9. Who hath saved us? And then called us with unholy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us when? Show me in NKJV, before time began. NKJV, please. New King James Version. Before time began. So this grace was given before time began. Look at this, look at the next verse. But has now been revealed by the appearing of our soul. Jesus came to reveal what had been given. Before time began. Before time began, God did it. He gave. He gave his son. He gave. I mean, so Christ came now in time to reveal, bring to light what had already been done. Hallelujah. Watch it now. Next verse. Keep going. That same scripture. Ah. Who had abolished death and brought life and immortality to light? How did he bring it to light? So what God did before time that Jesus revealed in time is now made known by what? The gospel. Who preaches the gospel? Look at the next verse. Hear what Paul said. To which I, Paul, was appointed what? A preacher. That's evangelist. And then what? Then what? Or pastor of the Gentiles. So you see, preacher, go back, go back. Evangelist, apostle, pastor, teacher, we preach the gospel. 
The gospel is the curriculum for apostle, curriculum for teacher, curriculum for prophet, curriculum for teacher. Somebody was trying to say something funny recently about prophet. I said, look at your Bible. Do you know who was called the greatest prophet who ever lived in the Old Testament? Eh? John the Baptist. Which miracle did he do? Which word of knowledge did he give? Who did he ever tell anything, super, anything supernatural? All John was pointing was you. Was <laughs> wickeding people. <laughs> John's work was to point people to Christ. He was the greatest. He was the greatest. Am I making sense to you? The gospel, the gospel. This matters about the gospel. Just not be looking for ways to hide and come out of to maintain our spooky, spooky. Listen, I believe in having oppressors of the spirit, word of knowledge. But you see, our primary work is the gospel. The gospel. The gospel. The gospel. The gospel. Somebody say amen. If we have time, I will show you that knowing things about people is not an exclusive right of the prophet. When you read the, when you read Acts of Apostles of verse tw- chapter twenty into twenty one, you will see there that what Agabus knew about Paul, some unknown disciples knew it. But Bible called them he didn't call them prophets, called them disciples. So if knowing things about people, what makes you a prophet? Then everybody that become a prophet. This is prophetic, prophetic. Christ is prophetic. Point me to Christ. It's prophetic enough. Somebody hearing what I'm saying? Let's not mix word of knowledge and word of wisdom with prophecy. Look at the Bible. I, I, I followed what the word says. I don't let my experiences guide me. I follow what the word says. I don't let someone, someone else's experiences guide me. I follow what the word says. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? It's safe to stay with the word. Now, look at where, 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 where we did before. Huh? Yes, so go back to first, but that's where I was. Grace will come to you. Go to verse 11 now, quickly. Searching what a woman of time, the spirit of Christ, which was in them, did what? When he testified beforehand. What did he testify about? The sufferings of Christ and the what? Glory that should follow. Death, burial, resurrection. Verse 12. Unto whom it was revealed. That not unto themselves, but unto us they didn't minister the things which are now reported to you by them that have what? Preached the gospel. So what they prophesied about is communicated by the gospel. What they prophesied about is communicated by what? The gospel. The gospel. The gospel. Someone said the gospel. And what is the gospel? How Christ died for our sins. How he was buried. And how did he what? He rose again. Look at John 4 verse 42. Let's see. Let's see Jesus. Let's see Jesus. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. So what, what, we, what, when we say the revelation of Christ, we don't just mean what Jesus did when he was on the earth with miracles and healings. We're speaking specifically of what happened on the cross. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? We're speaking specifically of what happened on the cross. 
Of course, you can read those stories and see how they point you to the cross. Does that make sense to anybody here? But what saves people is the preaching of the cross. The preaching of the gospel. Someone say hallelujah. Look at John chapter 4. In John chapter 4, Jesus, Jesus goes to Samaria. You know the story. He must needs to go through Samaria. And then speaks to the woman at the well. And then she goes into the city and tells everybody about Jesus. Come meet a man who tells me my, my, about who I am. And then they came to Jesus. Go to verse 42. Go to verse 42. Now, go to verse 41 so we can catch the gist. And many more believed because of what? His own word. Now, what did he tell them? What did he tell them? Next verse. And he said to the woman, now we believe. Not because of your saying, for we have heard him ourselves. And know that this is indeed who? The Christ. That he is the what? Savior of the world. What did Jesus tell them? High tongue water to wine. Talk to me. He didn't tell them high tongue water to wine. What brought them to the conclusion that this is the Christ and the Savior of the world? What did he say? I hope you know that many of the miracles Jesus did were being done already before. Elisha raised the dead. His bone even raised the dead. Huh? Elijah turned Peter water to sweet water. Elijah, one of them, Elijah or Elisha multiplied bread and fish. I hope you know. I hope you know Moses parted the Red Sea. I hope you know the Israelites believe that Moses saw God's face to face. Though it's angel, he's not God. Because Jesus said, no man has seen the Father. And when you read Acts 7's narrative, in Acts 7, you see that it's all angel. Angel, the angel he saw, the angel who gave him, the angel, the angel, the, not the father. Only Christ had seen the father. And I'm making sense to you. So what did he tell them and made them conclude that it was the Christ? He must have told them about the cross. He must have told them how by his death, the Gentiles, all men, will be saved and become part of God's family. That's what he must have said. You know, and, and this is important for me. Let me say this to you here. All of you like to study, go and study. I believe this is why Philip was not called an apostle, but an evangelist. That's my thinking. Because an apostle takes the gospel to an unreached place. That's why Paul transitioned from being a pastor teacher in Antioch to an apostle. Paul transitioned. Him and Barnabas were released. So Paul and Barnabas entered apostolic ministry when they were sent out to the gospel. You know what I just said? Paul was not promoted to apostle. There's no promotion. Paul transitioned. He was a pastor in Antioch with Barnabas. Then in Antioch, God now spoke. Separate me unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work I have called them. And then they released them into apostolic ministry. Am I making sense to you? So the apostle takes the message to an unreached place. But why was Philip not called an apostle? An evangelist. Why? Because Samaria had been reached before. The evangelist takes the gospel to a reached place, to unreached people in a rich place. 
These are not titles. Now walk. And we must free ourselves from this title mentality. Title. I'm not an apostle. Apostle of what? You started the church near my church. You say be apostle. You start church near where midday here. You they can't start here. Because you planted the church doesn't make you an apostle. The, now let me say this to you. The real apostles are afraid to even call themselves apostles. The work is too much to so remember the title. The work is too heavy to remember the title. By the time you take the message to an unreached place, you don't remember to call yourself apostle. Because the work is heavy. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So what did Jesus tell these people that made them say he's the savior, the Christ? The Christ. When Peter, when Jesus said to Peter, when Peter, he asked Peter, who the man said that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ. The son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father is in heaven. Why? What declared him to be the Christ is his resurrection. Romans 1 verse 4. Tell me Romans 1 verse 4. What declared him to be the Christ is his resurrection. Look at what it says. And declared to be what? The son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. So when Peter said that about the Christ, the son of the living God, he said, Peter, is not, not yet obvious. Flesh and blood, they reveal this to you. So when we speak of Jesus as the Christ, we are speaking of him as the one who would die be buried and rise again and by that bring salvation to how many men? All men. And if we see men saved, we must get back to the preaching of this message. We must understand this message. We must understand this revelation. It must not just be what Bishop Wallace says or what this person says. It must be what you are convinced about. And it's when we get to that place of conviction that nobody has to promise you anything to come for evangelism. When you come for evangelism, your prayers will be answered. Don't believe. Don't believe. It's not true. It's not true. And don't come to do evangelism because they told you your prayers will be answered. It means you are not yet convinced about the message. Am I making sense to you? You are a preacher. You are a pastor. Oh, this thing is not working, you know. Members, now they come. Do I, what do I do? Where's Pastor Cameron? Stand. He sent me a text. Say, I'm preaching the gospel, Bishop, but it's tough where I am. I say, keep preaching it. Don't change. He said, this thing is tough. Oh, there are other sermons that are attractive to the people. I said, stay with the gospel. Stay with the gospel. You see, it is God who makes things grow. Planting and watering are not formulas for increase. Bible did not say Paul planted, Apollos watered, there was increase. I wish that's what he said. That I will not conclude that planting and watering are the formulas for increase. No, he said Paul planted, Apollos watered, and God. And that God planted, not the first one. No, no. That God planted, eh? they're not the first and one. He the one went in one dwell. You cannot hasten it. You can't fast to fasten it. You wait. When you're ready, when you're ready. How long were you doing what you were doing in, until you come where you did so now? 
Now we look at you from where we are. Wow, helpline center. May we tell you story? May we tell you story? That's how many times he came to my house in tears. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. He's not growing. What do I do? How many times? How many times? No money. No money. Why well, I tell them now? No money. What do I do? No money. No money. It's tough. How the other side was attractive sometimes. Stay. Don't go anywhere. Stay. Stay. God is the one who brings the increase. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Preach. See, we must come to the place of conviction. That's what this meeting is about. That you, you understand this message. Stand your faith. Let's pray. Stand your faith. Let's pray. Christ. Someone say Christ. Is everything. Say Christ. Is everything. Stay. Stay. We, 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 we know him not as Jesus, just like Jesus, but Jesus the Christ. The Christ. The Christ. Look at Acts 19. Look at Acts 19 as we close. Acts 19. Sorry, Acts 9. Acts 9. Look at Acts 9. 20 to 22. Acts 9, 20 to 22. Oh, glory to God. And straightway he what? Christ in the synagogues that he is what? Next verse. Behold, but all that heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the one who destroyed them and was called on the name of Jerusalem? Uh, came hither to intend that he might bring them bound to the chief priest. 22. But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwell at Damascus, proving that what? This was the very Christ. So, the message is preaching Jesus as the Christ. Christ is not his surname. Christ is what he is and what he came to do. You know what I just said? The Christ is not his surname. The Christ is what he came to do by the cross. Because before Jesus came, the miracles he did were being done by other people. Even casting out of devils. Remember what he said. He said, he said, if you say I cast out devils by the spirit of Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? So there were people casting out devils before Jesus or around him. Am I making sense? The preaching of the cross. The preaching of the gospel. Somebody say amen. Show me Acts 18. Acts 18, verse 28. Acts 18, 28. So in my session from tomorrow, I'll be dealing with what I call understanding scriptures. Understanding scriptures. How to, how to look at it. Jesus taught Paul from scriptures, Abby. Jesus taught Cleopas and his friend from scriptures. So, what want to look at what, how do you look at it so you can see what Jesus is showing us? Is somebody here what I'm saying? History class does not save anybody. A man's faith is not in history. 
You know, let me even say this. True faith, true faith is not necessarily in what, in the miracles Jesus did. Knowing the power of God and what he can do is not the source of our faith. It's what he did on the cross. It's important. I was saying this in church when I was preaching in Gombe. In Gombe. There were prostitutes around me in the, in the, where I was preaching. I started preaching in the heart of prostitution in Gombe State. In the hall where I started service, I'm the one that taught the pictures away of naked women in the walls with my hand. I taught them away. Yeah. So listen to this. So there were many girls, prophets around us, and in preaching, one of them one day asked her, this work where you did do so, how, what, what, what is this work about? What, what do you even survive? She said, Pastor, as how much do you make in a day? He said, 1,000. If God bless me. I said, what does 1,000 mean in a day? He said, if God bless me, I'll make 1,000. I said, how? He said, that's 15 naira for one. So at least 20 men in a day is 1,000. Her words were, if God bless me. In other words, she believes in the power of God. But something has not happened to her soul. She knows about what God can do. But she doesn't know what he did on the cross. It's knowing what he did on the cross that causes a transformation of a soul. And that one must get back to preaching. Am I making sense to you? I don't want to say something else. I don't refer, I'm referring to someone. Because when you say those things, people think I'm talking about somebody. But what God can do, what God can do is not what saves people. You know what I just said? What God can do, the miracles of Jesus, is not what saves. It's what Jesus did on the cross that we must preach. That will bring salvation to people. And we must see when you when you understand it, the the motivation for preaching the gospel comes upon you. The burden of the Lord comes upon you. Pastor was praying just now. When we say the burden of the Lord, when this thing comes upon you, it will make you pray. You are looking for prayer. <laughs> when this thing comes upon you, nobody will beg you to pray. You, we pray. You shall yet pray. When this gospel enters you, when this thing really gets a hold of you, nobody will wake you and cajole you to pray. You shall yet pray. You shall yet pray. You will carry, and your prayer will not be, give me, forgive me. 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 Give me, give me, forgive me. Kill them. Kill them. Fire them. Burn them. Give me, forgive me. Is that prayer? Not Nehi. Lift your hands towards heaven and ask the Lord right now. Give me understanding of this message. Help me understand what happened on the cross. As you reveal to Paul, reveal to me. Give me understanding. Give me understanding. Give me understanding. Give me understanding. Reveal to me, Jesus. Let it be my conviction. Let it be my conviction. I will not be swayed. I will not be swayed. I will not be swayed. Help me. Help me. This is for the harvest. We are here from different nations, oh God. From all of Africa, we're here, Father. 
Give us understanding of these things. Help us understand this message. Help us understand the cross of Jesus. Help us understand what you did. Is the preaching of the cross. 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 Open the eyes of my understanding, Lord. Hallelujah. Listen. In 1 Corinthians 1, look at the Bible. So it's first, first Corinthians 2, I mean. Let me see. So first Corinthians 1 from verse 17, quickly. First Corinthians 1, 17. For Christ sent me not to what? In other words, I will not be distracted by baptism. As important as it is. As important as baptism is, I will not be distracted by it. I will not measure my work by how many people I baptize. For pastors, let me say this to pastors. When we say we are going to face the judgment of Christ, what do you think our judgment is on? Building? Size of congregation? Never. On the message. On your faithfulness to the message. That's what it is. Your faithfulness to the message is what the judgment is about. Because this whole ministry matter is about the message. Go and deliver this message for me. So, we, we have building, microphone, keyboard, choir, because of the message. The, we baptize because of the, the message we send us is, the, is what it's about. All these other things is because of the message. I'm making sense to you. Look at the Bible. Christ said not to baptize, but to what? So Paul was clear. Paul was clear. Paul was clear. My, my work, baptism is good though, but that's not what my work is. This work is clear. To preach what? Not wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ be made what? Verse 18. Look at verse 18. For the preaching of what? He said, that perish foolishness, but us which are saved, it is what? The power of God. This is what Paul means in Romans 1. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So the gospel is the cross. The preaching of the cross. So the preaching of the cross is what makes men's faith not to rest in the wisdom of men, but in what? The power of God. The cross. Telling me how Jesus turned water to wine is good but doesn't change a man's life. Telling me how he healed Ban Bartimaeus is good, but doesn't change a man's life. Telling me how God provided for Israel is good, but the, my faith must rest on the cross. We must preach the cross. So you ask me, now let cross to go to preach? Yes. It's called the unsearchable riches of Christ. Keep preaching it. Pastor, when I came to you, I didn't come with excellence of spiritual knowledge. Declaring to you the testimony of God. For I resolved to make nothing else known amongst you. Save Christ and him crucified. Galatians 6.14 God forbid I boast in anything. Saving the cross of Jesus. By whom I am crucified to the world. 
and the world crucified to me. What is the world? Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. That's why we find, see, Craig, that's why we find we are preaching, but people's lives are not being transformed. Not being transformed. Not being transformed. Because what transforms people is the cross. We don't put the cross before them. And when you put the cross before them, leave the leave it. It's powerful. It does its work. It transforms people. It breaks habits. Set people free. Paul said, Paul boasted. He said, Look, my only boast about my right living, which is I'm crucified to the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. My only boast is the cross. Paul said, He said, God forbid. I boast in anything else that is of me that I'm able to live holy and right other than the cross. The cross. Today many people are putting their... Now, don't get me wrong, though. I'm not against prayer. I pray. I pray, like Paul would say, I pray more than you are. <laughs> Just kidding. But you see, I'm not one of those who will tell you that I'm able to live right because of prayer life. I live right because of what the cross has done in me. And true, true, I live right by the power of that cross. Do I pray? Yes. I'm here every morning. We're here every day. We pray without ceasing. But you see, I will not give glory to that. But what? Look, I, 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 let me be foolish like Paul that God forbid I boast show me that Galatians 6.14 show me Galatians 6.14 but God forbid but God that I should do what glory saving what the cross. the cross so as I keep looking at the cross keep looking at what Christ has done for me keep looking at what he has accomplished for me there is a transforming power of the spirit that changes me that transforms me. Paul said, we all with an open face, building us in the glass, the glory of the Lord. We are changed. Metamorphosed. Into the same image, from glory to glory, by our effort, by our strength, but as by the Spirit of the Lord. I'm not against these things that we do. Do it. But I'm simply letting us know something. Let's keep our eyes on the cross. Let's not draw you know, I was saying in church, Reverend Joshua, preaching me to me does not save me. Many people preach us to us. So when you preach my situation to me, it makes me feel good. It means, means you are empathetic. You are sympathetic with me. You, so I talk about your situation. Some people will leave, they say, ah, God's word came to me today. He described my matter. Describing your matter is not the solution. Christ is the solution. It's when you behold Christ, you are changed. Does that make sense to anybody? It's not telling me about me that changes me. At best, when you tell me about me, I feel good a bit that the, the, as the man was speaking, he was able to bring my story out from Jeremiah. You know those things that we do now? When we pick a verse of scripture in Jeremiah or Isaiah, the people now see themselves in that story. Don't you know it? 
they will not say we raise, will not prophesy from there. I prophesy. You call you all, you all do it. I mean. No. Preach. The cro- point people to the power. Point them to the cross. What Jesus did. It was on the cross he bore our sicknesses. He bore our diseases. He took the cross upon himself. Point them there. What breaks the curse is not when you shout, I break the curse. I don't come. Where my cross? Bishop. Defender of the faith. See, it's not when you shout, I break the curse. If you don't point them to the cross, shout from down to next year. So if you say, I break the cross, if you want to do that, it must have been that you have taught them. That what breaks the curse is what happened on the cross. Does that make sense to anybody? Shouting, I break it, I break it, without showing them that it's actually broken by what happened on the cross. That's why you keep breaking it for every 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 month. You are breaking it. You not really break. You not break. The gospel. I said the gospel. We, we, are, we are saying this because we need to all get it. Lift your hands over them and ask the Lord for the revelation of Christ. That this will become your conviction. Your conviction. Your conviction. Your conviction. Your conviction. Pray now. I want you to pray. I want you to pray. Ask God for revelation knowledge. Paul said he revealed it to me. Paul said he revealed it to me. Paul said he revealed it to me. Ask him now. 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 Is the cross of Jesus? 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 Open my eyes to the cross. Open my eyes to what happened on the cross. Open my eyes to see what you did on the cross for me. Open my eyes to the understanding of these things. You taught Paul, teach me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Colossians 1. Verse 9. Look at Colossians 1 verse 9. Prayer. What did Paul say? Colossians 1 verse 9. What did Paul say? For this cause. I also. We also. Since the day we did what? What did we hear? Your faith in the Lord Jesus. Your love for all the saints. Do not cease to pray for you. That you might be what? With the knowledge of his in all wisdom and war. What is this will? Remember what he told, what Paul said in Acts 22. That, the, that you have been chosen by God to know his will. To see the just one. To hear words of his mouth. So you can be his witness. So Paul said, what was shown to me? I'm praying that your eyes will be open to know it. The thing where I know, I want to make you know I'm. I'm not making sense to anybody here. What I found out, I want you to find it out. What I found out that was driving me, you know, in Philippians 3, what did Paul say? We are the circumcision, worship God in the spirit, have no confidence in the flesh. He enters, enters the letter of verses. He said, he said, he said uh, that I want to apprehend the reason he apprehended me. Verse 14, he said, therefore I, I press, I press towards the mark of the price of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. I press. There's something he has shown me that's making me press. Look at me. 
I've told you what, maybe I didn't tell you what press means. Maybe not in church. I think it's this church. Press. What does press mean? It's a violent run. A violent run. How many of you here dog don't pursue you before? Real dog, not beanie dog, real one. How did you run? How did you run? Did, were you jogging? You know when you are jogging, you can greet people. Ha! You are greeting people. But if there's a dog after you, you don't greet people. You run, you, you take off. That's the meaning of press. So when Paul says, I press towards the mark, there's something that has happened to me. There's something I have seen. There's something I have heard that's making me run this way. Paul said, I want you to, to know that thing. What did he say? That you feel knowledge of his will in all wisdom and what? Spiritual understanding. Colossians 1 verse 9. Jump there. Verse 10. Colossians 1 verse 9, quickly. Ah, oh, Lord, help us. Colossians 1 verse 9, quickly. Huh? Stay with the King James. Huh? In all wisdom and spiritual understanding, verse 10, look at verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord. Unto what? Being fruitful in what? And what? In the knowledge of God. Being fruitful in every good work. Abounding, increasing in the knowledge of God. Paul said, so, you need, there's something you need to know. That, you, that I knew. That drives me. It must drive you too if you know it. And what is it? It's the revelation of Christ. It's what Jesus showed me. What Jesus told me about. It's not what I learned from Peter. You know, it's after Jesus, after Jesus spoke to him. He now went to Peter and the others. To cross-check notes with them. To cross-check notes with them. He wasn't just saying because Peter and John said so. He knew it from Christ. He now went to them to cross-check. To see what they knew. To balance what he knew. So that they can be so that he will not run in vain. But he knew it before he went to meet them. So Paul was not preaching it because John was preaching it. He wasn't preaching it because James was preaching it. He knew it. He knew it. And let me tell you, when you know it, you will run like Paul. You will run like you will run, you will run like a man who is who who like Pastor Charles taught us the this, the foxes that they put fire on their tails. You will run through the harvest, setting fire on everything. People will not be to, able to understand what, what's wrong with you. What is driving you? What's your motivation? They can't seem to understand it. Sometimes they think it's position. But it's not position. They think it's fame. But it's not fame. There's something you have heard. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? And when you truly hear it, you don't get burnt out. You don't get tired. Even if people criticize you, all hell breaks loose against you. If they deny you platforms, you will keep preaching it. Keep preaching it. Keep preaching it. It's the gospel. One more time, let's pray. Hold the hand up. People pray better when you pray for people. People pray better when you pray for someone. Hold somebody's hand. When you pray for someone, you pray better. Ask the Lord now. God, give my sister revelation knowledge. Give my brother revelation knowledge of Christ, of the cross. 
of the gospel. Pray now in the name of Jesus. Give my brother, give my sister revelation knowledge of the cross. Press, oh God, give my brother, my sister revelation knowledge. Open the eyes of my understanding. Open the eyes of my heart. Give me revelation knowledge. Give me revelation knowledge. Give me revelation knowledge. Give me revelation knowledge of the cross of Jesus. Oh, we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit and have no confidence in the flesh. We rejoice in Christ Jesus. We rejoice in what Jesus did. We boast in the finished work. We boast in the cross. Our boast is in the cross. Our boast is in the cross. Our boast is in the cross. Help us understand it. Let it go beyond what they say. Let it go beyond what that preacher says. Let it go beyond what any preacher says. Help me to know it. Oh yes. That will not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. I will not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. I will not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. I will not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. No more. By the slight and cunningness of men. Help me know your will. In the name of Jesus. Apollos knew John's baptism. That's all he knew. He was eloquent, the Bible says. Mighty in scriptures. Eloquent. I'm making sense to you. Eloquent means the guy had vocabulary. He had gap. Elocution. He knew the phonetics, the the T's and the I's. Everything correct. For in scripture, the Bible begins to teach us of the merging of the spirit and the People do like that. They, they, they have words. And if you don't get sense, you'll be carried away by their words. They have many things to say. They're not to use words like the economy, the, the, the locomotion, and the architecture of the spirit. Mm. You'll say deep. You hear things like, let us begin to speak in the language of the resurrected. Now, tongues they won't talk before, but some can like, appear deep. They will not speak it in the high way. Let's begin to pray now in the language, no, in the dialect of the resurrected. Say, hmm. Apollos was like that. He had words. Apollos was trained in Alexandria, the Harvard of that day. But all he knew was John's baptism. And what's John's baptism? Luke 3. John's baptism is salvation by behavior. Salvation by what? Works. If you are a soldier, stop taking bribe. They asked him, what do, you, what do we do? If you're a soldier, stop taking bribe. Publicans came, what do we do? Stop taking more taxes. People came, what do we do? If you have two clothes, give one out. That's what John said. That's all John knew. So, Apollos knew only that with his, with his intelligence... And took it to Ephesus. And preached that same message to some people. And Paul got to Ephesus and Paul asked them. 
Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They say, who is that? Paul said, really? Paul had to now go deeper. What did you hear? Unto what baptism were you baptized? I said, unto John. Paul knew there was a problem. And Paul now explained the gospel to them. And then, they got filled with the Holy Ghost. Before then, who did the damage? Check Acts 18. It was Apollos. But thank God for Priscilla and Aquila who called him and showed him more accurately the way of the Lord. There are many of these guys who are around today who have good English. They know what to say. They need to be in Bible school. They need to be taught properly in foundation school. But fame has brought them up. They cannot come down again to learn. And people should teach them and not calling them father and mother in the Lord. Problem. Problem. But thank God for Priscilla and Aquila who were not moved by Apollos' eloquence. They called him. They taught him. Am I making sense to you? Now see, when Paul now got to when Paul got to Ephesus and found these guys and taught them properly, got them saved, got them filled with the Holy Ghost and taught them properly, Bible says in two years all of Asia was taken over by the gospel. So it means these 12 men had the potential potential energy to conquer a continent. But lack of accurate understanding of the gospel limited the harvest. You know what I just said? 12 men had potential to conquer Asia. But because they didn't understand the gospel, they were limited. But the moment Paul came, led them to Christ, filled with the Holy Ghost, and taught them for two years. Bible says in the space of two years, all of Asia was taken over. And special miracles were wrought by the hands of Paul. That by, from handkerchiefs, am I making sense to anybody here? I'm telling you the importance of this thing we are doing today. That this message will not just be what they say. What Bishop Wallace says. What Reverend Craig says. What Joseph Prince says. What this one says. There's no club for this thing. No club. There's no grace club. I'm not joined. We preach the gospel. We preach Christ and him crucified. No club here. No union. No union. It's about Christ. I said it's about Christ. When you start doing club, you start hating people. No, about Christ. So 12 men understood it. And the whole Asia. So pastors, our prayer, my prayer as the pastor of this church, that everybody will understand. So we keep teaching, we keep praying. You know, it was, it was the Colossian church was a model church. Paul said they understood the grace of God. Deeply. Thoroughly. Clear, show me amplified. Colossians 1.6. We, we get the school of wisdom, not I am. Now don't tire. This is why we came here. Let's fire down. Watch it. MC. I'm the bishop. Look at it. Hear what he said. He said, You came to know the grace of God. What? In what? Reality? Deeply, clearly, thoroughly, becoming what? Acquainted with it. See how they learnt it. Verse 7. See who taught them. Verse 7. Go to verse 7. You learned it from who? Epaphras. Epaphras was the founder of this church. He taught this church properly. 
So they grabbed the thing. Ah, Marada Jabala. But see, this stop there. Go to Colossians 4 12. See Colossians 4 12. See Colossians 4 12. He didn't just teach it to see what he did. Colossians 4 12. Quickly. Epaphras, who is one of yourselves, saluted you. Always labor in prayers that you may what? Perfect. So he, he didn't only preach to them, he prayed that they will understand it. Hold the, hold the hand of somebody beside you. People pray better when they are praying for somebody. <laughs> Ask the Lord for your brother, your sister. That your brother you will stand. Say stand. 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 Perfect and complete in all the will of God. In this understanding of the gospel of the grace of God. Pray now in the name of Jesus. Pray now. Pray now. Pray now. Pray now. Pray now. Pray now. In the name of Jesus. Give my sister understanding. Give my brother understanding. In the name of Jesus. That we will know the grace of God. Clearly. Thoroughly. Become accurately. Acquainted with it. In the name of Jesus. We will not be tossed to and fro. Pray for the person you are holding. Pray for the person you are holding. Pray for the person you are holding. Everybody. Everybody. It was the Lord's message that stirred up the hearts of people. Let this message be in our hearts. Let us understand the Lord's message. The Lord's message. The Lord's message. The Bible says, Hey guys, spoke the Lord's message. And the Lord's message stirred up the hearts. Stead of the hearts of the people to the work. The Lord's message did not make them stay by themselves. The Lord's message did not make them stay by themselves. Check your Bible. Look at me. Look at me. In Haggai 1, Haggai 1, it starts with complaint. How they were more concerned about their own houses than the Lord's house. But by Haggai's message, the Lord's message, their hearts were stirred up. And everyone, everyone came to the work of the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. Our prayer is that every believer represented here, every believer everywhere, will put our hands to the Lord's work. And what will make it happen is the Lord's message. It's the message of the gospel that gives impetus. Is that correct English? That puts fire on your tail for the gospel. The strategy of the gospel is the gospel. You are doing meeting on how to preach the gospel. You have not heard the gospel. You are doing meeting on how to preach the gospel. No, no, there's no meeting. Once you hear it, you broadcast. You broadcast. The gospel, the strategy of the gospel is the gospel. Ephesians 6.15, amplified. Show me. Ephesians 6.15, amplified. Ephesians 6.15, amplified. Show me. 
having your feet shod in what? Preparation to face the enemy with what? Firm-footed stability. Huh? The promptness and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of us. So the impetus and zeal and enthusiasm to preach the gospel comes from the gospel. When it's your conviction, you run. You run like a madman like Paul. As if, as if you have been chased after by a lion or a dog. Imagine the lion they pursue you. How you go to run? How you go to run? You will run. Pause, pause. That's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. To run. To run. Finally, finally. What you do to your members, I'm doing to you now, pastors. Find no prophet said finally. And I said, finally, finally. I bet you. What's that scripture again? First Corinthians 10 13. We already yesterday. Let me read it for you so you can say it. First Corinthians 10 13. Is when people don't understand this gospel, they start thinking what they should not think. Look at this one, I'll show you now. They have no what? Taking you, but as such as what? Come on to man. Look at me. Another word for common is what? Ordinary. Ordinary. Once you are a believer in Christ, once you have put faith in the sufficiency of what Jesus did, there's nothing mysterious about anything that happens to you. If you wake up with a pain on your side, they never come. They cannot come. And they will not come. Am I making sense to you? You will remove all spookiness from your mind. That any trial that comes to you is common. Common means ordinary. Let me show you what I'm saying. Keep, keep going. Watch this. But God is faithful. God is what? Remember, faithful is the posture of a parent to a child because of their, of their blood connection. Who will not suffer you or allow you to be tempted above that which you are able? But will the temptation also make a way of what? That you be able to what? Look at verse 14 that we saw yesterday. Wherefore, up you know wherefore is connected. When you use wherefore, you are joining the two. Words like therefore, wherefore, you are joining. Wherefore, in the light of that, my dearly beloved, flee from what? What in concern, temptation, and idolatry? You see the problem. When you don't understand the grace of God and the cross of Jesus and what Christ has done, and begin to attach spiritual meaning to things that happen to you, you will start worshipping a false god. Yeah. You will start tilting towards the false god. Now, idolatry is not putting a god before God. It's substituting the true god with the false god. So, if you start thinking things are not ordinary, that's when they not tell you about the God that says that that thing you are going through was caused by your cousin or your auntie or your mother-in-law. And people who Jesus died for, you'll be praying to kill them with fire. People who Jesus died for, they now become the target of your prayer. People that you should preach the gospel to, You'll not be praying they should die because you think they are responsible for your problem. You know what I just said? I like the one acquired the look with. The people you should pray for in intercession, who Christ died for, now become the target of your mother. 
your murder, murder. You want to kill them. Because you think that the thing you are going through was caused by somebody. The reason why you never born, now somebody caused them. Nobody caused anything. If you are in Christ, if you have put faith in Christ, read the Bible. Look at the Bible. Christ is what he did is sufficient. So, us idolatry, you start knowing a false God who wants to kill enemies. A false God who wants money from you to do something for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We ask this in church. We didn't consign temptation I'm going through with idolatry. Because when you, when you start attaching unnecessary spirituality and meanings to the ordinary things that people go through, which is just life, you will look for a false God to help you corroborate your claims. May, may, your, may your conviction deepen. May you not, because of life circumstances, start worshipping a false God and think it's the true God. First John 5.21. Show me First John 5.20. Show me. First John 5.20. Look at this. Let's read loud once ago. So the God is come. And what? That we may know him that is. And we are in him that is. Even in his son who? This is what? And look at the next verse. 21. Little children. Because any God you pray to, dance to, give to, whose character is not consistent with the character of Christ, is an idol. What the truth. So the God that wants to kill people who Jesus died for is an idol. So they tell you, this thing you are going through is not common. It's not ordinary. It's an attack from your auntie. Then we have to kill that auntie so the attack will stop. You have entered idolatry. You have moved. When the God demands money to do his work, you have moved. You're in idolatry already. And when you understand what Jesus did, the cross, you understand that it is sufficient. See, this message of the cross is the sufficiency of the cross. God does not need another thing to do. He, everything is about what he has already done by the cross. That's where the power of God is. With these few points of mine. I hope I've not confused you, but welcomed you to the first session of School of Wisdom. Now, school we did. School of Wisdom. This school of wisdom, wisdom must enter you. <laughs> the wisdom of God must enter you. Must enter you. You will not have to pray. Ask God in simple language and receive what you want to receive from God. We come your way next time. Remember that Christ came to give you life and life in abundance. Be blessed. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, say this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus, who I believe died on the cross for my sin. I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, Amen. I move.